The A's are calling up J.J. Blade. He's going to be hitting in tonight's lineup. I'm going to get you ready with everything you need to know about Blade before he makes his debut. And then I'm also going to defend the decision to remove Mason Miller from last night's game after allowing zero hits through seven innings. Let's get into it, you guys. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. For Locked On A's, stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 565 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's show, we're talking about J.J. Blade coming and making his A's debut tonight against Seattle. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Mason Miller's seven no-hit innings from last night. And I'm going to defend that move. Uh, I, I know that the A's lost. I know all of those things. But the post-game comments made it seem like the right decision. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to wrap up today's show talking a little bit about a couple of deadlines. The deadline on June 5th in Nevada for the legislator, that legislature, that is when it closes. We're going to talk about that. And then also the January deadline that everybody keeps, the A's in particular, uh, keep floating as like the deadline that they need a deal by and uh, why that is not really a deadline. So uh, we're talking about all of that stuff on today's episode. But before we get into anything, thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. So if you're on YouTube, make sure to subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm a by Jason B on Twitter. Check out Inside the A's for more A's news insight and analysis coming your way. Whenever A's news happens, it's at Inside the A's. That's si.com slash MLB slash athletics. Uh, also at Inside the A's, I wrote about JJ Bladet just a couple of days ago to wrap up the month because he had an amazing month of April. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And then the A's caught him up a couple of days later. So of course they listen to the podcast. I keep saying this. I keep saying this. But uh, let's talk about some of those numbers. But let, before we do the numbers, let's talk about it a little bit, uh, about how he came to the A's. He was acquired in the A.J. Puck trade with the Miami Marlins. And uh, a lot of people were like, ah, oh. one guy in particular in the comment section on YouTube was like, this is an awful trade. J.J. Bladé can't hit for anything. Puck is a future closer, and Puck has gone on to be a pretty good closer for the Miami Marlins. So that's good. He's also got a bit of an injury history. So this is an in so it's basically can the A's fix J.J. Bladé's bats? Seems like they may have. We'll see a little bit more in the major leagues coming up. Uh, but it seems as though they're doing okay. It, it's an interesting trade from both sides. It could be a win-win uh, and uh, that, that's nice. But also, the Marlins notoriously cannot develop hitters, like at all. They've traded for all of their good hitters. And so that led to some optimism on my behalf. And uh, we're going to see if that optimism was well-placed. Uh, he is 25 years old. He can play all of the outfield positions. I know that Ramon can also play center field, but um, the, the A's like having him in right field right now. His defensive metrics in center field have gone down in recent seasons. And uh, so... Having Blade there gives the A's an opportunity to let Este Uri Ruiz uh, like rest. You can have like days off occasionally, and that could be nice. That could keep him fresh because they didn't really have anybody else that could necessarily do that. Seth Brown is currently on the injured list. Uh, Brent Rucker, you kind of want him more as a DH. Uh, Connor Cable is now down in the minor leagues because JJ Blade has taken his spot, um, and so this is 
this is where the roster sits right here. You're not going to have Tony Kemp play center field. I mean, he can. I think he has with, like, the Astros way back when. Uh, but not a lot of, like, other center field options. And so now J.J. Bladet, they're going to have him in the left field tonight against the Mariners. But he can play all three and be just fine. So that that's a good addition to the roster, I think. Uh, last season, in 204 at-bats with Miami Marlins, he hit 167. Not great, which is why some people in the comment section were like, wow, he's not great. Why would you trade A.J. Puck and all of that potential for a guy that hit 167 in 204 at-bats? And my, my retort was, he was on the Marlins. They don't develop hitting. Let's give it a second. He's still 25 years old. He was a, what, fourth overall pick just a couple of years ago? Let's see what he can do. He's not, like, broken yet. And it felt, and I said this before, when, when the trade happened, it felt as though he was being rushed, like he was being pushed from level to level. The A's, instead of having them, having J.J. Bladet on their opening day roster, which he probably could have been, honestly, uh, they, they sent him down to the minor leagues. They, they had him start there, build some confidence. He now has that confidence. Let's see what he does in his next stint in the big leagues. Uh, but even while he was hitting 167, he had a 12.6% walk rate, which led to a 277 on base. So even though he was not hitting very well, he was still being a fairly productive member of the lineup. Obviously, 277 is nothing to write home about. Obviously, you, you wanted it to be at least 300, at least. But there's still a lot, there, there's room for him to grow right there. And so that's, that's what I took from those stats. With Las Vegas in his first month in April, with Las Vegas, he hit 316, which is not bad. Uh, he also had a 429 on base percentage. He had more walks than strikeouts at 20 to 15. So that is, th these are all great trends that you want to see. He's hitting great. He's walking more than he's striking out. Those are things that you actually look for to see if somebody has turned a corner and it looks as though he may have. Uh, according to WRC+, Plus, he had a 150, which is 50% better league average, in the PCL. And that is against all of the other hitters that are on, they're judged on these same metrics. So it's not like, oh, he, he's playing at Coors Field, and so that's why he's better. No, everybody in this league is judged by the same metric, and he was 7th in the league with a 150 WRC+. Plus. So he is one of the best hitters in the PCL despite it being a hitter's league and everybody's numbers being inflated. He did very, very well. And so that's something to take home right there. Uh, some other things that I think that that lead me to believe that he may have actually turned a corner. Uh, I was thinking about actually going to Sacramento to ask him about this, but now he's in Oakland and uh, uh, he's closer. <laughs> I, I, maybe I'll go tomorrow and see if I can ask him a question. I don't know. But uh, he, he had only hit 300 once in a month prior to this lower minors in all of the minor leagues he had only hit 300 once better 300 or better once uh and that was in september of 2021 and that was in a 13 game stint and he hit 311 so this this month that we just saw from him in triple a the highest level before the majors was his best month as a minor leaguer so far so Something may have changed. It could have been his approach. It could have just been playing in the PCL and like getting a couple of dingers early and then being like, hey, here we go. Um, I'd like to ask him what has changed. I'm sure that we'll get some pieces tonight. If nobody asks him these questions and there's nothing from Martin Gallegos or uh, Matt Kawahara by tonight, I, I may have to go. I may have to get to the bottom of this 
<laughs> he has also never, never in the minor leagues walked more than he has struck out in a given month. Regardless of how big or small the sample size, he has never done that. So that is also a positive sign. Maybe he has, in fact, turned this corner. Uh, last year in AAA, his strikeout percentage was 27%. Not great, but it's not awful either. It, it It's acceptable. 27% acceptable. This season, in one month, in AAA with Las Vegas Aviators, he has a 12.6% strikeout rate. He has cut it by in half and then some. It looks as though he has legitimately turned a page by just getting out of the Miami Marlins system, honestly. So we'll see what happens. Also, uh, the, the reason that he's getting called up now, he was really, really hot last week. He was super hot last week. He went 11 for 24. That's a 458 batting average with three home runs, 11 RBI uh, against Tacoma. So uh, we'll see if that carries over. He's going to face the, the the big league Tacoma Rainiers, the Seattle Mariners. That's their affiliate. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I'm very intrigued, and I'm, I'm hoping for the best, because if J.J. Bladet pans out, th things could be looking up a little bit, especially after last night's performance from Mason Miller. And we're going to talk about that one here in just a second. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills all in one place. Because do you really know how much your subscriptions cost? Most Americans think that they spend around $80 a month on, sub uh, on subscriptions. I spend a lot more than that, obviously. Uh, not obviously, but I do. I know that I do. It's a problem. <laughs> but the actual total is closer to $200. Keep going. Uh, if you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, then you need Rocket Money. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them. Like that Stars app that you use to watch like one show, or the free gaming app that you got for the trial and then you never actually used. So stop throwing away your money, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmlb. That's rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmlb. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. The A's take on the Mariners at 1237 Pacific time on Wednesday, and you can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app, uh, search for athletics, and then you can listen to Drew Rosinski make his second start in the big league since 2018. I'm very intrigued to see how he does moving forward. The defense was not there for him in his first start, but he is a guy that should be able to go five, six, maybe even seven innings on a consistent basis for the A's. So uh, make sure to tune into that one. And also, welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe. Wherever you like to hear podcasts, follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm a by Jason B on Twitter. Check out Inside the A's for more A's news, insight, and analysis coming your way whenever A's news happens. It's at Inside the A's. That's at Inside the A's on Twitter or si.com slash MLB slash athletics. But let's talk about Mason Miller, because uh, what a performance he had on Tuesday. And before we get into that, just real quick, if you want to know which games are going to be good for the A's at home, just let me know, or just ask me. I will let you know, but also ask me uh, which games I'm going to. The A's have 
really been in most of the games that I've gone to. Uh, they've had a couple of heartbreaking losses. Uh, the the Saturday game against the Reds, uh, where the ball hit the bag, they were in that one. They they won that game in my eyes. Uh, the Shintaro Fujinami, his first start, that was really the only blowout. But they've been close games for the most part. So uh, if you want to know which games to watch as an A's fan hoping for a win or just competitive baseball, uh, ask me when I'm going and they will do well. Sometimes they'll even throw seven no-hit innings like Mason Miller did on Tuesday. Uh, he was he was really, really good. He was so was so good. Mason Miller, uh, here's the thing. I want to be so excited, but there's also that Vegas news, and uh, you, you don't know if you are going to be cheering for this team long-term until so you're like, ah, oh, well, I'm excited, but how excited? So there's, there's like, tempered excitement, I think, but um, now I'll, the A's lost, but meh. Who cares? I don't. The A's are not a good team this year. They're 6-24. and 24. Would that one win have done... If they just kept pushing Mason Miller, would that have made a big difference in our season? It would have given us maybe a no-hitter, but also maybe ruined the career of Mason Miller. So, eh, whatever. That's the big point right there. But uh, also, uh, Mark Kotze said after the game that uh, Zach Jack, Zach Jackson, and Domingo Acevedo had pitched three out of four, and so they were relatively unavailable. Um, so they were not going to be getting that spot that uh, Richard Lovelady ended up getting. They said that uh, there was only one lefty coming up. He liked the the, uh, the sinker that Lovelady throws uh, in getting ground balls. It didn't work out for him. This one, it, he, th these were the first runs that he's allowed all season long. It, granted, he'd only thrown six innings, but first time that he'd gotten touched. That stinks. Uh, Yuri's Familia uh, was also in this game. Uh, he... he was fine. He had also thrown three three out of four games or something like that, according to Marcotze. And so, um, yeah, the bullpen needs more rest. And outings like this from Mason Miller should provide more rest for the bullpen. And uh, that that's that's always good news. Also, uh, quick side note: Trevor May did make a rehab appearance for the Las Vegas Aviators uh, on Tuesday night. He allowed a hit and a walk, I believe, but scoreless scoreless inning for him. So. We'll see uh, when he returns. It might be on the road trip, but, you know, be best wishes to, to Trevor May as he battles anxiety. Uh, but Mason Miller, um, in this game, he showed a lot of maturation. That's what uh, Mark Kotze saw from him was he was mixing his pitches better. He was maturing as an, as a pitcher. Uh, in, the, in the first start and the first inning in Anaheim, he was going fastball heavy. In this start, and I think that it's the Mariners. This seemed to be what J.P. Sears did a lot. He... Went a lot more with the breaking balls, and that's what Mason Miller did in this start, was he went more cutter and slider than he would usually do. Uh, he only threw 46% fastballs, 26% sliders, and 23% cutters. He was mixing them pretty good. Uh, he didn't have a lot of command in this game. He, he threw like 52 strikes out of 100 pitches. Um, and so it, he still through seven no-hit innings and didn't have his best stuff, which is something that he talked about, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But since the first inning in Anaheim, since the first inning, he, he threw three more innings in that game. He threw seven last night uh, in Oakland. Ten innings total. One hit allowed. That's Mason Miller for you. That's the guy that we've been excited for. And the performance, sure, they, the A's lost the game. Oh, well. That's something that you can get excited about, I think. And Mason Miller being like, yeah, I think that I could be better than this. 
better than seven no-hit innings in his third big league start. I'm excited about that. I, that's what I like to hear. Um, Mason Miller basically said he wants to fill up the zone a little bit more like he did in the minors. Quote, it's definitely encouraging to see me still getting guys out with maybe not my best stuff. End quote. Uh, he, he said some other things as well about, you know, getting pulled and all that stuff. He was actually surprised that he was allowed to go out for the seventh. So for everybody, I, there was a lot of uh, just negative vibes on, on social media when I got home. I was scrolling through and everybody's like, ah, oh, why is he pulling him? Katze's not making these moves. We know who's really making these moves. It's analytics, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was like, God, it's a, it's a no-hitter for a last place. The worst team in it. Who cares? It's fine. The goal is not necessarily wins. The goal is to get Mason Miller through the season healthy. That's what we want. That's what we need as A's fans. We need to see Mason Miller on the bump every fifth day. That's what we need. That's what the season's about. And also, not moving to Vegas. Uh, that's what the season's about. If there's a no-hitter, that's great. Sure. But you don't want to risk his health to get there. That's, that's what... Short-term goals are not what what I'm here for. I want the long-term stuff. I want to see Mason Miller starting game one you know, in, in a couple of years, in a, in a playoff series. That's what I want to see. I don't really care about, and not like after he recovered from Tommy John. That's not what we want. We want him to be healthy. I, sure, he could have like Tommy John with a no-hitter on his resume, or he could be healthy and be ready to face their New York Yankees in the ALCS in 2026. That sounds like fun to me. I'd rather have that, personally. And it's not guaranteed that he would get hurt, but... He does have some injury history. He had only thrown 28 innings in the minor leagues before this. Be a little cautious. That's fine. He's still building up. He's going to be on a pitch limit at some point anyway, um, or an innings limit, because he just hasn't thrown that many innings. How many innings are in the tank for him, and do you want to waste them all in May? I'd rather see how long he can go into the season. That's what I want to see. Um... And he actually said that. He said, quote, I'd rather throw many more games this season than lay it all on the line for a game in the beginning of May, end quote. That's from Mason Miller. That's the player himself being like, eh, no hitter, whatever, it's fine. Doesn't matter. Mark Kotze said that he wasn't going to let him go to 120 or 130 pitches. So really, what was the point of him even going out there for the eighth? Because he wasn't going to be able to finish the ninth. He wasn't going to let him finish, go out and try and finish this game. So pulling him in the seventh? Felt like the right move. The A's lost the game. Oh, well. Oh, well. They've lost a lot of games this year, you guys. It doesn't matter. Let's focus on the future. That's what I want to. And we're going to focus on the future coming up because uh, we've got some deadlines coming up. And uh, they're not necessarily hard deadlines. So we're going to talk about that in just one minute. Today's episode is brought to you by So Rare. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across 30 MLB teams. That, that includes the Oakland A's. I have Estee Ruiz in my So Rare app, and uh, he's he's been pretty good, honestly. I, I like having him there. It's been nice. And unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there is no 
cost to play. Plus, the more you advance, uh, you, you can collect increasingly more powerful cards and access next-level competitions and rewards. So head to Sorare.com slash LockedOn. That's S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's Sorare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. Whenever you want to listen to the Oakland A's, you can do that on the SiriusXM app. All you got to do is download the app, search for athletics, and then you can find out when Drew Rosinski is pitching. It's tomorrow. And uh, you can hear the hometown broadcast on the SXM app. Uh, it, it's, it's a great way to listen to some baseball, you guys. Also, welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm a by Jason B on Twitter. Check out Inside the A's for more A's news insight and analysis coming your way whenever A's news happens. That's Inside the A's. Um, also, I got this new hat that I'm sure that if you're watching on YouTube, you have seen. Uh, this is why I got the hat. It's because it says Oakland and not, you know, A's or Athletics. I, I think I need to fix the brim. So that's going to go back to being backwards as I usually wear my hats. Uh, I, I busted it out of the box and I was like, there we go. Um, and I did not look to see how it, how it looked dead on. Uh, it's off center. I need to redo that. Anyways, uh, that is my segue to, hey, let's talk about Las Vegas because hmm, I got my Oakland hat on. Um, there is a June 5th deadline that people have been talking about. And I talked to it, uh, to uh, about it uh, myself with Casey Pratt on Friday. Uh, we were both at the game and I was like, hey, so hi, I'm Jason from Locked On A's. And uh, he, we just started talking about the ballpark and all that stuff. And I was like, so... The June 5th deadline, what needs to be done by then? He's like, nothing. Basically nothing. So that is where I'm getting this information. It's not like me making things up. And also I've seen this from other people. But um, the June 5th deadline of the Las Vegas or the Nevada legislature doesn't necessarily matter. They, they, they close on June 5th. But they can also just have Joe Lombardo, the Nevada governor, can just call a special session and just have them vote on it whenever. So there's no like hard deadline, really. There, there's like a general deadline of like the fall, but June 5th is not a real deadline for this project. So um, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to suffer through this one for a little bit here <laughs> uh, until things are like official or not. Um, it, it would seem like the the fall just because you want to have the plan in place and voted on and approved uh, before it is brought before the owners who would then have to vote for relocation. The A's would, well, if they, the A's, because they want to move, would need 22 out of 29 yes votes, because uh, the A's, uh, John Fisher doesn't get to vote. So of the 30 owners, 29 get to vote. You need 22 yes votes to approve relocation. And uh, again, it seems as though Rob Manfred had said that he would waive the relocation fee, which is wild. Um, also, and this is something that I, I talked about the protests potentially having an impact. And the fact that fans are so disgruntled and that the media coverage surrounding John Fisher is so negative uh, from all sides, like national reporters, local report, everybody is like, John Fisher isn't even trying. What? Why reward him? People in Las Vegas, same thing. Could that be them? Could, could the owners get, give a damn? I don't know, but I, I'd like to hope that maybe I, I should not hope for billionaires having hearts is, I guess, uh, the, 
the the problem with that hope. Uh, but so that that's the deadline. The the June fifth deadline doesn't necessarily matter. Is a point that I wanted to make and make sure that you know everybody knew about. Uh, there's also the January deadline uh, that the A's have keep you know talking about, and it's uh it's a ridiculous deadline. I think it's January fifteenth, fourteenth, somewhere in there. It's the middle of January, and they're like, we need a a deal done by January so that you know we because baseball said so, um, and that's sort of true but it's not at all uh baseball has not said you need to have a ballpark plan in place or else john fisher has to sell or anything like that has to happen the the commissioner has said or uh, the cba i guess has said uh that they need a ballpark plan in place and you know ready to go by january 14th or 15th or whatever it is uh or else they're going to be taken off of revenue sharing that's the deadline. John Fisher wants to keep collecting free money. That's the deadline. It's nothing that has to do with anything that like actually matters to like the fans. It's because John Fisher wants to keep collecting his baseball welfare checks. That's the deadline, and that is why we are getting Vegas news and why they're you know not working with Oakland right now and all of that stuff. That that's what's going on here is John Fisher wants free money. End of story. And also he wants free money uh, if he. Moves to Las Vegas, he wants, apparently, $500 million in tax credits. Um, so, it's a wild situation, but uh, I'm going to try and keep you guys as informed as possible. Um, I, I sent out a, if you guys have questions, basically, uh, let me know what they are. Because I, I don't know what everybody's taking in and what they all know. So, I don't want to just sit here and tell you things that you already know. So, if you have a question... Let me know either at Locked On A's. You can comment down below on the video. You can tweet at me also uh, at by Jason B or Locked On A's. Those, those are the two Twitter accounts. Um, so you can just let me know what your questions are. I will do. I can make this a third segment every show if there's questions. Uh, there was only a couple of questions. One of them was also why is it, it wasn't phrased as nicely, but why is MLB covering for John Fisher? And I, I do have some answers for that, but uh, I thought that that would take too long for today's episode, so we're going to save that one. We're going to save that one, but I will answer. I mean, it, it's not it's what you kind of already would guess, I would I would imagine, but uh, there, there are reasons. And uh, we'll, we'll go into those a little bit later this week, guys. But uh, anyways, that's all that I got for you guys today. If you guys have any questions, let me know down in the comments, and I will do my best to answer those. But thank you so much for making the Locked On A's your first listen every day. Uh, every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to be talking about J.P. Sears dominating the Seattle Mariners. Uh, it's about an hour till game time, so I have no idea if he has. But he has a track record of success against this team. I'm hoping that that continues. Um, he was also supposed to be uh, facing off against Luis Castillo at some point, and then there was uh, then they brought up uh, Bryce Miller, and I think that that changed things around a little bit. Uh, I, I saw it at one point they were going to face each other again. They faced each other four times, three times, yes, uh, last season, and that was entertaining because J.P. Sears, part of the A's return for Frankie Montas. Uh, out-dueled Luis Castillo every time they matched up last season, and Luis Castillo was the big fish at the free at the at the deadline at the trade deadline, not the free agent deadline, the, the trade deadline. There you go. Uh, and I thought that that was a lot of fun. That was a fun storyline for me last year. So we'll see if that continues against you know George Kirby or whoever Logan Gilbert's going today. George Kirby's tomorrow. Um, so 
We'll talk about that. We'll talk about maybe why MLB is covering for John Fisher and uh, whatever else comes to mind. Maybe we'll talk about J.J. Bladet and his debut because I'm very excited about that. And also, I still think that Jace Peterson is going to have a terrific month of May. So keep that in mind while you're watching A's games, uh, unless he doesn't do well. And then don't. Just don't. <laughs> Anyways, that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, A's fans. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.